Hey everybody, welcome to the Marathon Church Podcast. So glad that you are joining joining us wherever you may be. Um, it's great to be back into the podcast room. It's been a little while, um, but we're in a, an amazing series right now called Love Dates and Heartbreaks. And uh, so we're going to have some great discussion around Brian's first message from this past Sunday. And I'm happy to be joined today by Worship Pastor Spencer Zook. Hey, what's up, everybody? Good to be here today. First Impressions Director, Brenda Cox. Hey, guys. And Executive Pastor Brian Cox. Hey, guys. So glad you guys are with me today. Hey, Brenda. It's good to be here, man. It is. I've missed being here. Yeah, it's been a little while. It's been a busy summer, though, and so yeah. we've, we've had a lot going on, and we've all been, you know, vacationing here and there, and so it's uh, it's good to be back in the podcast room today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about this. It's going to be fun. I have my beautiful wife with us today, so she has a lot of great things to say about me, right? Is that right? It got quiet after I said that. I'm not sure. Cricket. <laughs> You know, I wrote it all down on that paper right there. Oh, okay. Just read everything that. she's you supposed to are say. Great. I'm the most amazing husband, <laughs> incredible man, uh, all that stuff. Just you know. Um, I think it says, "Please be humble." Oh. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's going to be truth today. That's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is an incredible relationship series uh, that we've just started. You did a great job on Sunday, Brian, uh, kicking it off. And well, thank you. There were so many. There's so many things we could talk about, um, and but one of the one of the basis of the series is that people make relationship decisions that undermine their relationships, yeah. and it's it it's kind of crazy to think that here we are in the 21st century, and those of us that are Jesus followers, we so no, we know so much about what it means to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. but we continually mess up our relationships. Well, let me let me say this too, because. Um, this this series came from North Point mm-hmm. and Andy Stanley and and I had watched this and it was such incredible content. I thought we could share this with our church, with our community, mm-hmm. and I just want people to know that that this is something we we've taken and modified a little bit, but I think it really helps everyone. Uh, it really helped me because we talk about that question. I see people make relationships. I mean, we see it all the time. Just this week, we've seen. People just, you know, marriages just having a hard time. You know, I, I, we were talking about Sunday, just watching all the young people in the mm-hmm. service on Sunday. These teenagers are, are are just about to be out of high school, and they're all in tears because they all have these bad relationships. Yeah. And but we've seen that, you know, over the years, just people uh, just go through these horrifying relationships. You know, and starts off as a love story turns into a nightmare kind of thing and and that really you know Annie talks about it breaks his heart it breaks my heart to see that happen I've seen it happen in my own family and how devastating that is and it's like how can we help that how can we help people not make those decisions you know you can't always avoid it I guess but God does give us some answers on how to deal with the relationships and how that should work he, he brought up we'll talk about it later but he, he brings in a great idea of how we should uh, deal with relationships, how we should love, you know, each other. So I'm really excited about it because I think it's going to help a lot of people. I really do. Well, I think that's – and we're going to be doing like six weeks of this. Yeah. So we hope to do this every week this time. I think we're, we're hoping to do that. I'm just setting this up just now. Every year. 
Well, I'm talking about the podcast we oh, would do. Oh, I'm sorry. For the next <laughs> One for few each weeks. Message, yeah, yeah right, we, right, would, right. we would really talk about it because um, I think it's that important. You know, I wish when I was that age, when I, when I was that age, when I was younger, that I, I knew some of these things, you know. Well, I think I think for me, too, a lot of times when you hear a relationship series in church, it's kind of mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. roll your eyes a little bit. And, and the married people or the you know, the older people that have been married for a long time automatically tap out. But I love that this series kind of challenges everybody. Um, mm-hmm. You know, no matter where you're at in life, it it's kind of hitting everybody, including, you know, single people, college people, mm-hmm. um, dating, um, married, married forever, you know. Um, I think it challenges everybody. So I think it's really cool. Yeah, you can kind of feel that when you say a relationship series at church. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even Heard this before. I'm going to the lake today. <laughs> <laughs> Brian talked about Sunday. I mean, he kind of put me up on this little pedestal a little bit. And Cause you're wondering. the reality is we struggle, too, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and some people don't really realize that. And we've even struggled this week about, you know, things that we should be better at that we should know Mm -hmm. and we have to constantly be reminded of you know and so it's good for everybody it is and i think there's some you know some older couples and i would probably include myself in that too there that you know we we may think that we're kind of there like but you never Mm -hmm. really get there Mm -hmm. and i I think there will be some older couples that will be surprised by the series and Mm -hmm. and realize man i've still got i still have work to do in my relationship For sure. Yeah. It's definitely a work in progress. It has to be worked at all the time. Mm-hmm. Want to love like Jesus is, is is difficult. I'm getting ahead of us, but no. But I think but that helps. It helps my perspective. This week, this message has. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I th- well, I think Jesus' command, you know, to love others as He has loved us. It's really the basis for everything that we do and everything that we teach here, and so. This series really isn't unique in that aspect, but when when you think about that command and that principle specifically about your relationships and your romantic relationships, it kind of changes everything. Mm -hmm. Because I'll be honest, most of the time when I think about loving others as Jesus has loved me, I'm not thinking of Amy. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of everybody else. Um, And and really for me, obviously she's a lot easier for me to love than other people are, so I'm I'm almost always (laughs) thinking about someone else. Right. And uh, yeah. so yeah, we don't we don't tend to put that thought in our marriage relationship, which it should be. Yeah. You know, love your wife as Christ loved the church. The same the same idea. Do you want to talk about uh, the serial dater thing? Because I feel like that that kind of hit some people in the head Sunday. No, I I, th- I, I think I we should some, take we should talk about yeah. that though because that is the American culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Sadly. and I remember when I was mm-hmm. a kid, um, when I you know I met Amy when I was sixteen, and um, almost as soon as I got to know her, like I thought she was the one. Yeah, and I wasn't yeah. really saying that, but my mom always had this thing like date as many people as you can. Like, you know, there's a lot of fish in the sea. Don't just go with this one girl. You should date a bunch of girls. And I remember my mom telling me about telling me that about Amy. Oh, you yeah. might want to date some other people too. And it yeah. wasn't quite what your mom said. Where that that's yeah. not the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The process but, of elimination is yeah. what try again. But yeah, it's yeah. like we just, you know, just just jump in the pool and start throwing them out until you find the right one and it's kind of crazy, you know, yeah. to think that way. Yeah, I just bring them home and mom would say no. That's not the one. 
I love that story. Yeah. But then Brenda came along and she's like, okay, marry that girl. Okay. (laughs) I do what I'm told. (laughs) And I I think one of the issues, like when I was growing up, and even it's even more prevalent, I think, today, is that kids get in relationships way too early. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I mean, we have a rule for our daughters that they can't even date until junior year because of what I experienced, you know, my, I mean, I I had a great upbringing. My family was great. I was brought up in the church and, you know, I appreciate what they gave me, but they didn't think about limiting my relationships early on. They didn't even know, like I was sneaking around, you know, and they didn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Not with Brian. This was my early, earlier. Not with me. (laughs) Okay, baby. You know, but you're so, you're so young that you don't understand. I mean, mm-hmm. look how old old we are, and we're still struggling to understand mm-hmm. the the dynamics of a relationship. Right. You know, so I feel like if kids, if parents would take the time and and notice and set some limits on kids, it would help them tremendously. Yeah, I remember your daddy telling me um, that I shouldn't be dating you. <laughs> well, you were I was four too, years older. I was than too me. old. You're too old for her. <laughs> And I think Brenda's mom told him to shut up. I'm not sure. <laughs> How old were you guys when you started dating? Um, I think I was 18. I was like a senior in high school, and he was yeah, already 22. Out of school. Yeah, I was already in college. When well, we were friends f- before we started yeah. dating, too. Yeah. So it's a long story, but we won't. We yeah, won't we won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but she's the one. No, but I can see, you know, where your your parents were like, he's 22, like. Oh no, I would have been the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Now that I'm a father, I'd been like, Mm-mm. yeah. I mean, you guys have two teenage girls now. Yeah, it's 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 real for y'all. It's scary, and it is such a different world with social media, mm-hmm. with yeah. them having access to anything online. I mean, we try to set limits and parameters and parental controls on everything that we have. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. But there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're limiting what they can see, you know, on their, you know, uh, technology, whatever it is, Roku or the phone or whatever, their friend might not have limits on right. theirs. And I just, we just try to teach them, you know, you can't unsee or unhear things that you watch mm-hmm. or, you know, movies, shows, reality yeah. shows, and those people aren't real. That's not yeah. what real love is. That's not what real love is it, like. And I think that was my point Sunday, bringing up the reality shows, because that's where I think about my girls. They get their relationship advice. The Bachelor, 90 Day, Fiance, I mean, all that. Not that they're watching Love that, Island, it's Big Brother. There. Big Brothers, I hope they don't watch that. We, but. we know you don't watch it, Brian, but Brenda <laughs> no, does. Yeah, I don't watch that. <laughs> I, I don't watch that trash. But Brenda does. Yeah, oh, Brenda does. No, I have watched some of it. But but people actually take that, I think, and apply it to their lives. This is the way I should be mm. trying to find a mate. I use that accent Sunday, a matey. <laughs> but... um. So it for me it was very, very personal this message not just from my marriage but from my children. 
that they understand what relationships are and they don't they don't put the movie thing on it or the reality tv thing on it because that's not real it's go ahead Brenda. i was just gonna say we told them we wanted to watch it with them and they Mm -hmm. were like no this was my message she's talking about yeah the message (laughs) yeah yeah from sunday um because it has so much stuff in it that they need to hear you know and uh they were like uh no and i said all right well then you have to watch it on your own and then Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about it and they were like no (laughs) but we do want them to do that we want them to to hear even though it's from their dad you know we want them to (laughs) watch every message in this series because they're in that state of life where they they need to know yeah because i know the serial daters out there which we talked about sunday which is um the sportsman date daters and I, I i talk to the guys mainly about that because they seem to be the guys that do that right when i was in school that was that was what you did you yeah. know um you date as many girls like you said as you can and unfortunately if you didn't have sex you didn't win you yeah. know and i yeah. think that was that kind of everybody's eyes got big sunday when i said that like oh but it's it's a lot of truth to that mm-hmm. and they base their relationship status off of that and I think girls fall into that trap, and and it ru- it ruins them. Well, they just want to yeah. be accepted, right? Yeah. yeah. And you and you told them you're hurting you mm-hmm. and you're hurting others. Yeah, I don't think they realize later in life when they supposedly find the one that they're going to have a bad story to tell. This is the way I used to be, which I hopefully they'll change before then. But you always have that, you know, that past will always be with you and it will hurt you and it will hurt your future Mm -hmm. i think and so then we talked about the girls side and we said don't be a commodity you know and i really thought about my girls with this because i try to teach them and say to them every day you are valuable you are beautiful you are loved yeah almost sounds like a movie don't it (laughs) You was kind. kind. You was smart. <laughs> you was important. important. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I try. I really do because for me, I know how it works with with girls and their fathers. And if they don't have that love, they don't have that respect. They turn to something that they think it is love, and it's not. You know, I may be a whole other podcast, but. For me, that's why I was talking about don't be a commodity. Don't don't be treated like you know an object that's bought, sold, and, and traded, and then discarded. Because that's that's our culture too. Mm-hmm. I think women are treated that way by men all the time when it comes, to, and and women allow it, and that's sad. And I don't want my girls to fall for that. When you, you said know? the word commodity you. Sunday, you could feel the air come out of the room. It was mm-hmm. almost an audible gasp mm-hmm. because that word carries so much weight, mm-hmm. and it was spot on. And I, I almost felt like there there were ladies, there were women in the room that just it, it took their breath away. Yeah. Well, some yeah. of them probably felt like they've been that. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was for you down front just sobbing during my message, and they I know some of them have been through some relationships, and I'm pretty sure that's the way they felt. Because they give, ladies give their hearts away so quickly. It seems, and and they get. And I don't, I'm not trying to dog the guys today. I know there's some good men out there, 
but in our culture, that, that's just the way it is. And I think that's sad. And I don't think you have to be that way. There are good men. We talked about where are the gentlemen in the world. Mm-hmm. That, yes. and boy, I got a clap out of that Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I said, ladies, don't you want more gentlemen? And yeah, they, they were, were all like, yeah, where are they? So women are looking for good men. That, and, they're, and I talked about there's power in that, being gentle, that grace is powerful, kindness yeah. is powerful, respect is powerful. And that's what I want from my children. Yeah. You know, and I think I talked about when the guy comes to my house and uh, I'm going to be standing on the porch. <laughs> yeah. And I was afraid to say shotgun because I didn't want to offend anybody. I feel like you can't say that anymore. You I know what? Know. I could say it. I think the chainsaw was a little more scary. You think it was? <laughs> yeah. That's... Chainsaw in one hand and a shovel in the other, you know, just so I can dig your grave. But. You know, that's how it affects me as a father, that I want my children to understand how valuable they are. And, and I think that needs to be taught. Spencer's got a little girl now, so he's, mm-hmm. I do, he's yeah. starting I was, to understand that. I was going to say that whole section of the message really hit me. At, she's two, so yeah. we're nowhere. We're about 35 years from the dating Yeah, 35 phase, years, but, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good number. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that that section of the message, I was like, yeah, that's that's it. Because we've started telling her she's starting to talk and all that, and so we try to tell her like, you know, you're beautiful. And and the mm-hmm. other day she woke up, we were getting ready, and she was I was holding her, and she looked into me, and she's like, I'm pretty. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and just trying to teach her, you yeah, know, that yeah. you you know her worth, and um, mm-hmm. I think that's super important. But um, yeah, I, I, that section just really hit me, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I I pray for. For my daughter and um, for the future that she can find a gentleman mm-hmm. you know yeah. I was like we we do need more gentlemen in this world and I want somebody that's gonna treat her right and not right. treat yeah. her like a commodity you know so well and I think we set up our kids you know Brian was talking about Disney Disney yeah. is like mm-hmm. you know the CEO of um, happily ever after you that's know good. yeah and uh, you know, I know Everly's watching stuff like that now yeah. is really all into the princesses. And my girls have always been into princesses, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And at the time, it is sweet and it's precious. But when you think about it, it's not reality. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it is, it's really setting them up to have a false understanding of what love is. What One of the things you you know, started to talk about Brian was the father daughter relationship. And obviously that could be a podcast and and a message series Mm -hmm. in and of itself. But one of the things that I've always believed and I've tried to tell guys is if you have a daughter, Mm -hmm. you have to tell her what guys are really like. Yeah. You have to tell guys, you have to tell your daughters how men think. Yep. Because, um, (laughs) and that's a hard thing to do. It is. It is. is. But men are pigs. They are. And, and they the will har- lie and deceive you. The yeah. hard thing is, is finding the right time to share that information with sure. them and destroying their their innocence, you know, what they're, what they, you know, not scaring them half to death, but preparing mm-hmm. them for what is out there. You know, yeah. it's hard. It is a hard thing to do. Brian, then you moved into these two relationship myths. And the first one is the right person myth, that once you meet the right person, everything will be all right. If it doesn't work out, you must have met the wrong person. And then you go and find 
the next right, right, right. person. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that idea of that there's a one for you. There's one right person for you. Yeah, and I think we need to explain it a little bit that I'm not saying that there's not a one for you. That, you know, I think Brenda's the one for me. Okay. Uh, I believe that. That I mean, we, we it's obvious that we're meant to be together. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that we think we have to find the right person and then everything will be all right. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned the married people Sunday. They were like, mm-mm. We don't think so. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I met him, and it's not all right anymore. And so when things – and what happens in, you know, the way it's always been, it seems, if it doesn't work out or it's not working out, then we tend to look outside. We tend to go to the next right, wrong person. That's what I would say, you know, yeah. that, well, I'm not happy. I'm unhappy, so I must have the wrong person, you know, and – you see that happen all the time that I, I need to just find somebody else and it'll change. It, it will not. So that myth that you find somebody will make everything all right. That's not true. You know, it just, it does not work that way. Yeah. And I think so, that, um, the second myth mm-hmm. plays right into that too, that a promise replaces the need for preparation. In other words, yeah. once I say I do, everything's going to be fine and i have to be honest i kind of fell into that yeah uh, amy and i were completely unprepared for marriage i shouldn't say amy and i i was completely unprepared for marriage <laughs> she was probably way more prepared than i was right. and and i kind of had this idea that like once i said i do that day mm-hmm. we're good right we're good if that changes i'll let you know I uh, but we, I do right now. Yeah, I think we yeah. all had that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian and I dated. We dated for seven years because I was in college. Yeah, yeah we thought we things. were ready. And I, we were like, oh, we got this. But there's nothing like living with somebody, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you yeah. get married and actually have to live with them, then a lot of things come to light that you weren't prepared for. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I don't even know if I should share any of that. <laughs> well, yeah, let's don't. Um, I was telling you guys the other day a, a story about when we got married. I, I thought things, and you kind of alluded to this Sunday, I thought things were going to stay the same yeah. for me. I thought I was going to play basketball three nights a week or softball three nights yeah. a week, right. and everything was going to be cool. You know, and I, it, as, right after we got married, we went. I went to Bible college. Oh, so yeah. we got married two weeks later. I started Bible college, and, and I started, you know, with a bunch of 18-year-old dudes. Yeah. They want to play basketball every night. They right. got nothing, right? So one night Amy's like, "Hey, I don't I don't want you to go, you know, play tonight." And I'm like, "No, I'm going to play basketball." So I went and played basketball when when I came home, oh, yeah. um my pillow was outside the door. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, that's so good. That next, sounds so much like Amy. Yeah, the next day I go to class and my buddy goes, well, "What did you do?" I'm like, "I picked up my pillow and I walked inside and I told her to move over." <laughs> I mean, that's and she lets so you in good. the bed. That's yeah. so good. It, it, it's just I was totally unprepared though to yeah. I thought she was going to do all the adapting. Right, you know, yeah. I think of just about yeah. every dude I know has mm-hmm. a story like similar, where you know they, yeah. For me, I thought I was gonna play basketball and golf, and then the next day go and play poker and you know whatever it is. Yeah, every you know every night of the week, just Come do whatever home I to want. Dinner, and, being ready. And, yeah, and, and she's wearing and she's her nightgown. Be fine, and... you know, she's just gonna <laughs> be all right with it. And uh, 
I think we all yeah. kind of got a rude awakening there. So, yeah. Did I, should I not have said that? What'd you say? Never mind. I will not say it. <laughs> I'm going to listen back. You're going to have to go listen. You, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to say it. I think the second verse of that song, and, and probably most of us guys that at least are my age or older, had modeled for us is that, you know, she's going to take care of the kids too. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, I think with God's help, I learned pretty quick. Yeah. And um, I'm still learning. But that, you know, not only do you That's not keep the life you had, but you know, you you help with the kids nowadays. It's equal yeah. thing. Of course, women are working now too, which is different yeah. than when I was a kid. Right. You know, so it's it's a whole different world. Well, we talked about sure. Sunday that you can change everything with a promise and a party. And I, I mean, you, I see that happen. I mean, I talked about the bigger the party, the better the relationship. That's true. <laughs> But we think yeah. that. Yeah. We really do. And it's sad to watch it happen to young couples that get married. and They have that gleam in their eye, you know, that you can just see they're so in love. It's just overwhelming, you know. And then uh, you see them a month later, and they're like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not I'm not slamming or, or, you know, trying to kill anybody here, but I'm flabbergasted by what people spend on weddings nowadays. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the national average is like thirty grand. Goodness. Can you imagine? Yeah. No, thank you. And to your point, they think if they throw this big party, mm-hmm. it's all going to be good. And they're not prepared. You know, they, they we know this from experience. Yeah. And so we're trying to spare them that. And, you know, we talked about, you know, you can't replace uh, or substitute a promise for preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, but nobody teaches you that. Mm-mm. Nobody told us that. Other than the reality shows and the, well, now, and Disney, that's the only preparation you get for a marriage is mm-hmm. that kind of It'd be great if guidance, there was a, a you know? real-life show that talked about, you know, a couple going to counseling, a couple talking through what are we going to do when we have kids, what are our finances going to be like, things like that. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever tells us we should have those conversations Right, you know, and then people struggle with that throughout their marriage. I think that's for us here when we do weddings that counseling is required. Yes, yes, and I think that does help a little bit, but they really don't listen <laughs> that well. No, y'all went to counseling. Yeah, you know, we did. And I don't remember any of it. Right. We've had your some... one track mind. That's all I know. What you're thinking about, and that's the, one the way thing guy, I remember guys are. Is that he said, never say always. Yes, that's true. We Ooh, are. Yeah, that stuck with us. <laughs> you always do this, or you yeah. always do that. <laughs> I don't think we say that. No, we don't. And that's the one what's thing. the other one? Don't go to bed angry. We found yeah. out that's almost impossible. Because <laughs> um, sometimes you, you just don't to want to talk that? about it. You know, I'll talk about it when I'm rested. Yeah, and I know? think that's what you have to do sometimes. Yeah. Well, this isn't we're not finished here like we still have to address this issue but let's not do it now well, the, you know? the guys tend to want to fix things yeah Ladies exactly don't want you to fix it i want to talk about it and solve it now mm-hmm. and kelly's yeah. like ah, i just want to wait yeah. four yeah. days yeah you just like, suffer for a little what? while and then we'll solve it <laughs> yeah. yeah i think one thing that we see in our culture we had some friends get married over the years and whatever and they don't want to do the counseling or whatever don't mm-hmm. see the point in it mm-hmm. And Kelly and I have always tried to encourage them, like, man, you need to do this. Like, it it helps so much to prepare your yeah. mind, prepare you spiritually, 
and we've had some couples not do it and i mean and they're still together you know whatever but they have had some wake up calls and things mm-hmm. like that but yeah the preparation is super important yeah. yeah you need to talk about as many things as you possibly can yeah. just an example you need to talk about where you're going to spend holidays yes. yeah because you that will family. blow up on you yeah. yes <laughs> it will yeah it can be you're a problem so right. i love what andy says here in this about i do yeah. he said i do doesn't mean you can <laughs> yeah i love this he says i excuse me <laughs> sorry I get choked up. Think about it. (laughs) I do doesn't make you capable. It makes you accountable. Yes. And I thought I thought about that. Then he goes on to say, "Where is it at here? Um, When you're accountable but not capable, then you're miserable." (laughs) That is so true. It is true. Yeah. You know, and that's what we see because we thought the I do was going to be all we needed to do, Mm -hmm. and it's not. Because I'm not capable. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's good. It's uh, interesting. Uh, I read and uh, listen to this guy, Kerry uh, Newhoff, and he said he said this week he he gave this list of things that will get you off track in ministry, or things that will distract you in ministry. And he said you can bank on the fact that if you're going to talk about marriage on a Sunday, you and your wife are going to get in a fight that week. Oh, yeah. wow. And it, it yeah. almost happened to me and Amy. Well, it did happen it, to me and Amy, but it didn't last yesterday. It didn't last long. And I'm preaching Sunday. It, <laughs> it, it, it only lasted about five minutes, but it almost happened. Like, it almost – and I'm like, really? Right. Carrie, why are you prophesying into my life? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because yeah. it happened to us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Brenda was wrong, and <laughs> I had to help her out. He and knows I can't smack him right now, and that's yeah. the only reason he's saying that. No, we but we had a great conversation. We did have some things to talk through, and you know because I'm who I am, and I cause problems, and and we're all human, and, and we yeah. we all get on the defensive, mm-hmm. you know, about whatever. And and I will say one of the if I could say anything to anybody about relationships one of the main things is communication Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know if you don't communicate then you start assuming and we all know what assuming does yeah oh my goodness because that i mean really that (laughs) that was our whole issue is Mm -hmm. that we weren't communicating and so he thought this and i thought that and then that led us to this big situation and so communication is huge yeah and that's what i think about when I think about being capable, I think about my lack of communication skills a lot of times. I feel like almost every time we have a problem, it, it is based in communication. Right. And I have been incapable of communicating in an effective way. Right. And guys, they, again, they want to they wanna fix it. They don't want to talk about it. They want to say one sentence, it's over. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Now come to bed. Yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. When you're accountable but not capable, you're miserable. And kind of to go back to where we started, Brian, unfortunately, we see a lot of people that are miserable in their relationships. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've experienced that. I don't want to say I'm miserable, honey. (laughs) Wow. God, that didn't sound right. We can start over. We can cut meant, that out. I meant she was miserable. No. What I, I think, meant to think, say. I think what I meant, never miserable, but maybe 
misunderstood. I mean, for me, in the early years of marriage, I felt like she didn't understand me. I guess it's been Did long, I? you know, and I think just wasn't prepared, just wasn't capable, right? You know, and it took a lot of time, and yeah, love overcame a lot, but you know, it. it I think the struggles we went through made us love each other more. Mm-hmm. That's sweet, ain't it? Yes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, but I think there's markers like. Mm-hmm. If you can make it the first year, okay. But then if you make it five, and then if you make it ten, those first ten years, mm-hmm. I think, is when it all, you know, burns down. I mean, if you, it, because there is that, that learning curve, there is a process mm-hmm. of, of, you know, for me, it was figuring out who I was. Yeah. Right. I couldn't figure out who Amy was because I, I didn't even know who yeah, I was right. at the time. You know, so you start figuring each other out, though, and you start understanding. And but you're, I was totally incapable, and and there were some miserable times early on, mm-hmm. for and, sure. And I think looking back, the church and the friendships really sustained us. Mm-hmm. Having a good church, having a good idea of God's love, even though we didn't really know what we were doing. But it was it was one solid thing I think in our I'm, I'm thinking if we didn't have that, how do marriages do that? How do relationships survive without God? How you can't. Right. I mean, there there is really no, in my opinion, no way without. And maybe you're not a Christian, and maybe you don't believe in any of that. But at least the principle of the love each other, love like God loves you, idea is the only thing sustains where I'm thinking about her needs above mine and most people don't think that way well in the example that you know, Jesus gave love is patient love is calm yeah. what what all love is mm-hmm. and one thing I just wanted to say is I feel like when we got married you know we knew that divorce wasn't even something that right. was in even mm-hmm. in our mindset we you know we didn't think well if this doesn't work out we can just get divorced because we believe that you know this was for us mm-hmm. but now today in our society sadly that is such an option oh, yeah. it's definitely an option i think on everybody who gets married they're like well we'll give this a try but there's another one out there and then when it gets hard <laughs> they're like oh well it didn't work out you know instead yeah. of working on it and i know that I mean, I'm sure there's some listening that are in relationships that just had, I hate to say this, probably don't, just couldn't work out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of that's because they, they've changed or they they never were who they were, were supposed to be in the first place. I don't know if I made sense with that. We talk about becoming yeah. that person. But for me, you know, over the years, I think as, as – and this has nothing to do with being in ministry. It just has to do with being in church and, and having my mother help me a lot in learning some of that. But I became somebody over the years. And I don't know if I said this Sunday, but I didn't become, I want to say, I guess better, a better man because of Brenda. She made a lot of difference in that. She was a motivation for me. But Jesus and and his what he teaches is what made me become a better man does that make sense what i'm yeah, saying for sure yeah 
um, because I don't. I think the the idea that the person's going to fix fix you is not really true. It helps. Brenda helped me become better, but I had to have God in that mix in order for it to really take hold and really work. And I'm not there. I know, honey. No, no, sorry. Yeah. What well, I think you make a great point because a lot of people think, and I'm not one, so. I hope I'm not talking out of turn. A lot of ladies think when we get married, he'll change. Yeah. Right. I'm going to mold you, him into my man. You better love him the way he is right now. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you're doomed. Because you're not going to change him. Right. Jesus might change him. Right. But you're probably not going to change him. <laughs> and to your point, Brian, I, I believe in my case as well, my wife has made me better mm-hmm. in every way. <laughs> you know, shape, form, and fashion. Um, but... But God had to do a work in me too, mm-hmm. and that really is that really is the basis of this series. And and Andy says it this way, and we're going to keep jumping on this: is become the kind of person the person you're looking for is looking for, and we're going to talk about becoming mm-hmm. somebody that knows how to love like Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think the thing too is whether you're a guy or a girl listening to it. If if Jesus isn't already there in the person probably not you know might not be there later on so you know what that should be a number one priority in who you're looking for and and becoming the person i can't say it becoming (laughs) the person you're looking for is looking for i don't know becoming the kind of person the person you're looking for is looking for i had to practice it a hundred times i know you're doing really good i thought you're gonna mess it up yeah i practiced it no if if jesus isn't there Before yeah. you you meet them, then you know it's going to be really hard to for you to be the one to introduce them to to Jesus. Right. But I, I think we ought to share that story that Andy shared because I mm-hmm. think it was very powerful for yeah. a lot of people. Absolutely, and I thought I'll just share it real quick that he talked about when they were doing this. It's about ten years ago when they started doing this series, and he had a group of college kids around just to get their perspective on relationships. And this girl was sharing the story. She said, I'm not sure where she went. It was at school or wherever it was, work. And she met this guy, and he was he was good-looking, okay? He was a beautiful man, and he had a great job. And uh, she said what was awesome, that he loved Jesus. He loved church. He, you know, he was just great, godly man. And, and she was so excited. She said, I think, I think that's who I would want to date, you know? And her mom just was ironing and set her iron down and, and looked at her and said, Honey, you know, a guy like that isn't looking for a girl like you. Wow. And I That's thought that powerful. was a powerful yeah. statement. And I heard from people Sunday that really made them think, Okay, yeah. I'm seeing this wrong. I, it never crossed my mind that I needed to become someone yeah. Not find someone to change me. And for me, that was a very powerful story that we need to become someone worth looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, so I hope that it's kind of a, a deep concept in some ways to get, wrap your head around. So, what does that mean? What am I becoming? And I think you need to, you really need to figure out who God designed you to be and get it and figure that out. Who am I? You know, I think it make it makes a huge difference whether you who you choose to date. Mm-hmm. 
You know, do you, do you want to date a godly man? Well, maybe you should be that. Right. You know, we we always think about the type of person that we want, mm-hmm. but we never think about the type person of person we should be. that yeah. we should be. We don't look yeah. in the mirror first. Right. Yeah. We're just looking mm-hmm. to see what we can get. And, oh, why can't I find – I've talked to so many people, especially, you know, college people over the years and hanging out in those ministries and stuff. And they're all, you know, of course, everybody's searching for the one. Yeah. And um, they're always saying, I want this type of girl. Why can't I, all girls, you know, date these type of guys? And it's like, well, why don't you be the type of guy you're supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Um, And just, and put Jesus first and you will find Mm -hmm. a good girl, you know? And uh, when you think, you think about becoming that kind of person you want to be, that decides it makes a lot of decisions for you, right? So if I want to if I want to marry a godly man, am I going to be hanging out at the singles bar this weekend? Right. Is that where I'm going to find one? Yeah. I don't know. Probably Chances not. Are pretty low. <laughs> yeah. You're going to find a serial dater. Is what you're going to find, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not always true, but I think when you become that person God designed you to be, things the doors kind of the different door opens in different mm-hmm. places. You know, that's the way I would see it. Yeah, I think you make a great point, Spencer, um, about if you're a Jesus follower, you better be dating Jesus followers. Mm -hmm. But I even take that a step further because, and we've all seen this, couples that are spiritually mismatched are going to struggle. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe they both know Jesus, but maybe one is more committed to Christ in the church and the other one, you know, is not. They're going to struggle. It, relationships and marriage is hard enough when you're striving together right. and both trying to you know live for Jesus and both invested in the church. And if you get into spiritual mismatch, it's you're in trouble. It's yeah. going to be tough. And I feel for marriages I know that are that way because mm-hmm. they didn't start off that way. And then one finds Christ and yeah. wants to do, and then the other is like, oh, I want nothing to do with that. So that's a struggle. You know, and, and a lot of times it, it, God works through that, and and they because of the person becoming someone different, it helps make a difference in their spouse's lives, and they you see change. Mm-hmm. But I think that's interesting because they they became someone different. It's obvious to them. I want to be like that. Yeah, you know. I think it's a um, for me. I kind of took it as a challenge too. That statement become the kind of person you're look. <laughs> the person you're looking for is looking for. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, it's not just for the single people that are trying to yeah. date. Like right. for, for me, I took it as like, I need to continue to become that person. I need to continue to grow that's great. that person. And um, so if you're married out there, that's not just for the single people. I think right. it's a challenge for us too to continue to be Absolutely. that person. Well, that next question actually, uh, it says, are you still the person they were looking for? That's geared mm. toward the married folks. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And I took that to heart when I was doing this. You yeah. Know, am I still the person Brenda was looking for? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. Um, sure. <laughs> and I but, think you said it Sunday. Are Are you a per- person worth staying with? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that's hardcore that's right there. I mean, that's. Yeah. I hope I am. <laughs> Oh, and I wasn't you asking are, you. I was oh, okay. you, you. You asked all of us. <laughs> yeah. I, I really hope I am, Craig. <laughs> you are, baby. You okay. Are. Yeah. But I mean, I think these are 
great questions to ask yourself if you're married. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. am, am I becoming that you godly to man? Be that person. Because I think I know what Brenda's looking for. You know, so I'm trying to become that. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. You haven't said anything lately. You might want to. Are you, uh, <laughs> the question you could ask, I guess, is are you still the one? Am I still the one? Still the one. How about let's sing that song? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> still the one. Any, any Shania Twain fans out there? <laughs> come on. Did a great come job on. Sunday. Yeah. Thank you and Kelly. Y'all need to go listen to yeah. it. That's a good song. I almost cried. No, I didn't. But it was great. It was great. So this is where you took us Sunday, Brian, and you took us to Jesus talking about he's the vine, we're the branches. We have to stay connected to him if we're going to become this person. And ultimately, we're going to have to learn to love as he has loved us mm-hmm. if we're going to become and re- remain this person that somebody might be looking for. Yeah, I love that scripture. I just just diving into that and learning what he meant. He gave the great example of the vine, the branch, you know, that God's the gardener and Jesus is the vine. We are the branches because I think the disciples understood a little bit of that, that analogy application. Um, And I've heard that a lot in my life, but I think there's always, and Andy said this, I think it's really cool that Jesus, when he tells a parable, it's always, there's a God part, a Jesus part and a us part. Yeah. So Jesus is is getting to the part where he's going to compare us to the branch and to the vine, and um, he goes through this and he talks about how we have to stay in order for us to do anything, to have any purpose, to have any fruit, any hope of living life effectively. We have to stay connected to Jesus. Yeah. And I thought about the true vine. You know, I think I might have said something funny about it, but Jesus, why did he say true vine? Well, it implies those are false vine. Yeah. For me, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there may be some Bible scholars out there that might no, argue with me, but I feel like the, in, my, in my mind, I felt like there's a false vine, there's a false love, there's that, it's that relationship that we try to make have fruit, but will never work. It will never, ever work. And that was what I took from this, that your relationships will never work without Jesus Christ. Yeah. Not effectively, I don't right. think. Well, and when you were talking about that, it reminded me that back when we were talking about what does the current society see mm-hmm. as true in relationships, it's it's hard because they, they put on an image that's not mm-hmm. true, but being connected to God and knowing the truth about love, that is the key. Yeah. And what does he say about it? And he's the true love. Right. Yeah, Eddie said something the other day. We were talking about this. He says, if Hollywood had it, if Hollywood was the answer to relationships, then beauty and money would be all mm-hmm. you needed to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, sure. okay, because it doesn't work for them. Right. And they have everything because they don't have the true love. They have the false vine. Yeah. And so I love that, you know, Jesus talks about that. And he goes on, he says, um, commands. And I thought that was interesting because we're all now, I could just see people almost just like, okay, here comes the church part. Yeah. <laughs> here comes. And Andy I love talks that you about said that. that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then Jesus says, hold on a minute. I'm, there's one command, all you have to do. 
I don't think I got to share this quote uh, from Saint Augustine. Uh, he said, "Love as and thou, love and do as thou wilt." I think I said that right. Yeah. When he's talking about once you understand the love, then everything else will work out. Once you understand the love of God, everything else in your life will work out. I thought that was kind of cool thought. I you know, I loved it I like that it. that we applied this portion of scripture to relationships mm-hmm. because you yeah. don't typically hear that passage taught right in regards to relationships. Mm-hmm. Um but that that principle applies to every aspect of our life and life is relationships. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Well, and I think that's what Andy's talk about that God Jesus brought a relational paradigm that's is different. It's not based off what we're used to. This is this is a, a love like no other. And and he talks about when two people understand that love, it's amazing what can happen in a relationship when they understand that this kind of love is not the romantic kind of love. It's not that, you know, I'm infatuated kind of love. This is a love that sacrifices. This is a love that gives uh, their life away. You know, a love yeah. that sees her needs above mine, you know, and she sees my needs above hers. Don't have to let in there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's yeah. reciprocal. Wow. But, you know, when you start thinking about your relationships that way, you'll start seeing things that you need to work on, you need to become, you know. Without a doubt. It's really good. So Brenda quoted from 1 Corinthians 13 a minute ago, mm-hmm. and that's where we're headed. Uh, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to kind of start pressing down on this and give you you know, some practical applications of what loving like Jesus means. And so uh, I'm excited for the, the next few weeks. You, you set the table for us in a great way, Brian, and uh, we're ready to roll now. So Well, I can't wait to hear you this week. Yeah, yeah, hope, yeah. it's going to be, awesome. be good. Yeah. Yeah, in the practical way. You're talking about the fine print. The fine print, yeah. Yeah, the like the um, there's always a fine print when it comes to what we're doing and what the practical thing, I guess is what you're talking about. Yeah, this for week sure. And, and how love actually looks yeah. in a relationship. Yeah, a- Andy talks about that so Paul comes along and he's teaching to a non-Jewish crowd. They didn't grow up under love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and body. Like, this is a new concept mm-hmm. for them. And so he's like, I need to give these people some practical applications. So Paul's imperatives are just the application of Jesus' one command. He's not given another command. These, mm-hmm. aren't, these aren't commands. This is how you live out the command to love as Jesus is love. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. We're going to talk a lot about honor really? on Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Just get word. fired up. Lo- love Can't is wait. not dishonorable. So, Do it, you have a song? We don't have a song <laughs> okay. this week. We're doing one uh, the week after, though. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. nice. Anything you guys want to add from uh, this past Sunday's message? Hmm. I don't know. Anything, Brenda? Wow, put me on the spot. I just like hearing you talk. <laughs> just love that. You got a you got a bucket in here I can throw up in? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you did that to me Sunday, I so did. I had to get I did. you that. That's right. Hey, thank you guys for joining us today. It's great to have you in here, and thanks to all of you that are listening. If you live in the upstate of South Carolina, come and see us at 930 and 11 o'clock, our service times on Sunday. And you can always find us at marathonchurch.org online, and you can email us at info at marathonchurch.org. 
Uh, follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Marathon PVL, on Facebook at Marathon Powdersville, and get our app. Go to the Apple Store or Google Play, download our app. It's the best way to keep up with everything going on here at Marathon. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next time. All right. See you later.